0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Dawning Podcast, episode 3, we've made it to episode 3, and I am here with a very, very, very special guest, that is three V's on the VIP, and a very important person to me, this is my mum! Hello! <laughs> so, as you can tell, she's very professional and this is why she's on my podcast um, and we are going to be talking roughly about our relationship because I'm very close to my mum and she is one of the most important people in my life. Don't know about me and yours but <laughs> you certainly <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah. um, but before that We're going to do a check-in session and a little breath, which I'm doing at the beginning of my podcast. So, together, let's do a breathe in, hold, and breathe out. Okay, and just going to have a little think about how we feel presently in our bodies and in our minds so and you should also take a minute to think and feel how you feel I feel quite tense in my shoulders I think right now and that's okay what about you, how does your body feel? Yeah, I've got a lot of tension in my shoulders, Maybe it's in my
1: like chairs, were No, I've had it a few, for a few days. Mm. That's interesting. And I'm feeling a bit weary, but also kind of, there's like a brightness there as well. I'm excited to do the podcast. Ah.
0: Yeah, I feel a little bit chaotic. Um, <laughs> uh <Uh-oh. laughs> This is a little bit of a chaotic day for me in my brain and a little bit cloudy but I'm also keen to do the podcast and I feel like quite lethargic so I feel like this is quite a good mood for me to be in as well. Mm, A lot of things going on. Yeah there are a lot of things going on. Okay. Um, So to start off I just wanted to mention about why I decided to call the podcast The Dawning Podcast. Yeah why why did you?
1: <laughs> I don't think you've ever explained that to me
0: <laughs> yeah I thought about it and I was like I wonder because there's a lot of silly names on podcasts like um, I think around which are cool and relatable and I know mine's quite serious like Dawning, and I think I like that Like I feel like it represents me and the feeling of everything but also because I thought it was quite a good name because um, it's like the dawn of a new era, for me, um, of, of, like, realisation. And, like, it dawns on you, like, some when something dawns on you. It's like, mm. oh, that's, like, an understanding. Yeah. And the dawn of a new era is, like, the beginning and the start. And also, I kind of like the feeling of dawn, like, that, like, energy feeling of, like... When, when was the last time you were up at dawn? <laughs> <laughs> Never.
1: But, like, the feeling... It's aspiration.
0: <laughs> that it represents... <laughs> Like the, like the sky and, yeah, like something's about to happen yeah. or, like, it hasn't happened yet. The feeling. Yes, I love that. The yeah. anticipation. The anticipation. So I thought I'd just explain that mm-hmm. because it's a bit random otherwise. Yeah. Um, should have probably said it on the first episode, but that's fine. And I wanted to ask you, so, guys, my mum is a big podcast lover, like she is a super fan of podcasts. I Um. am, I am. And
1: this is my first time being on a podcast, so I'm very excited. Um, I had hoped that the first time Mm. I was on a podcast, I would be, like, talking about my writing or my books I'm going to publish in the future, but none of that's happened, so (laughs) here
0: we are. I feel like this is going to hit it big time, so... I'll take what I can get. Yeah, you're going to be lucky (laughs) with your book. But she's... She loves podcasts, and um, I wanted. And I think you started listening to them. How long ago? Uh, in the pandemic. In the pan, yeah. I think they really grew in the pandemic. I yeah. don't remember hearing a lot before that, but I. I think it changed a lot for you, didn't it? A lot of people find like that with podcasts. And I've realised now by talking to people about it, a lot more people listen to them than I realise. But Mm. why do you like podcasts so much?
1: I think it's like um, the modern version of a radio show. And Mm. very occasionally I would listen to a radio show and think, oh God, this is like really interesting. But most of the time... You get, have to get through loads of stuff that's not interesting, yeah. to, and then you just fall upon something that captures your interest. Yeah. But with a podcast, you can look up um, really interesting people or subjects or find a, um, a podcast that's all about um, an area of interest of yours, and then it's like the perfect radio show every time.
0: That's what yeah. I like about Yeah. I think that's a good reason to like them. And I think because there's, you get to know people, don't you, and mm-hmm. how they think and feel, and um, it's like having friends. <laughs> yeah,
1: it makes you feel less alone, I yeah. think, in the world.
0: I think that's why they probably grew so much in the pandemic. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I guess there's podcasts on everything, but I was listening to a lot oh, of yeah. self help and mental oh, yeah. health podcasts. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Otherwise, guess. it
0: might not have been quite for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like what well, other ones? Sports podcasts. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about it. There's a lot of mental health podcasts out there. Yeah. Or, but yeah, definitely that expand expanded expanded your mind yeah. and it like helped us a lot, I think, in our development of our relationship. Yes. So I was going to um bring up how did you think the way that it that how did you think it changed our relationship <laughs> in a positive way? Um
1: I guess it really made me think a lot more deeply about how I was parenting and my own relationship with my mum mm-hmm. and uh, and therefore like some of the automatic parenting I was doing without really thinking. Mm. Um, it made me just a lot more mindful about yeah our relationship and <clears throat> it led me to be a bit more curious about who you are as an individual and to try and see you as an individual.
0: Yeah, I can yeah, I can see that and I think that uh, wait, I'm just having a ADHD mind blank. <laughs> what are we talking not, about? This is not okay <laughs> for a podcast. No. Right hang on give me a you're sentence. just chancing out because you weren't really interested in what I was <laughs> saying I was I listened I just listened and I had something on the tip of my tongue and then it just that's see that is a misconception okay it's um, a fear it's a fear it's not a fear I am <laughs> right I'm trying to think of like I think you also that's what I was gonna say um you wanted to teach me things that you'd learned as well like it was a lot of I think we just had a lot of talks and walks about things. And I think that we always were close and connected, but there was definitely, like, we were, like, missing stuff. Mm. And I think one of the things, particularly, and I think this is a struggle for a lot of, like, teenage girls and their mums, I don't know, but certainly... Is like the subject around food because oh, I'm glad you said that because women in general, there's a lot of mm. stress and weird things props and stuff told to them from history and years ago, and now new information, and it's all very important between mother and daughters. I think there's yeah. like some sort of thing, and I feel like we really didn't like understand each other or yeah I, I was gonna say the same thing but yeah. well, I didn't know if you were going to say I can, it or yeah that. yeah that's but yeah
1: I think um when you had some difficulties around food yeah um that was like a really really hard parenting moment for yeah. me and I was continuously getting it wrong yeah and um I really hated that feeling of yeah. not getting it right and not knowing and feeling like everything I said and did was, was making things worse, yeah. but not knowing how to make things better. And it really made me... I had to just really listen hard to what you were saying yeah. and realise that actually you, you knew what you needed from me. Mm-hmm. I had to almost ask you and trust that you knew what you needed like you did and you told me several times like I just need you to say this or I just need you to be this way and I think it was counterintuitive to what as a parent you feel like you should be doing there's there's so much fear as a parent that your child is gonna go just spiral down and be at some point unreachable Mm -hmm. that you're grappling and it was really hard to just sit in in what you're suffering yeah and not do all the things i felt like i should be doing yeah
0: it was it was really hard because i think if we're talking about specifics so well yes no one really knows what we're talking yeah about. like describe what it, that what it looked like back then i think was this in lockdown just
1: before i think it was started just before lockdown yeah we, we were going for a lot of walks during yeah. doing our one hour exercise yeah. And nearly every walk was was, turning into, like, a difficult
0: conversation. Yeah, it was. Um, I think it was... So, basically, because of secondary school, I think it always starts in everyone's comparison. And you get, like, you know, that feeling of what does everyone else look like? And what do I look like? And what's the better thing? And... I think then for it to go in... I was in such a vulnerable... I'd never even really paid attention to my body and what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And I was in such a vulnerable place um, to be just put into a house and just seeing social media to just see all these perfect looking bodies and people and not to be connected to anything or anyone outside of that and I hadn't like looked at what other people around me looked like because I hadn't been paying attention until just then Mm. and so I was just looking at me and I was like why don't I look like that but I also I think I was eating a, a little bit more than I like do now not that that was a problem that was just where my body needed to go then because of stress from school but I think particularly I was a bit confused and in the dark and I didn't really know what what was correct or right and I wanted you to just say I think when I asked you I would be like oh I'm to this and to that or I don't know what I should do or I don't know it's quite hard to remember back to yeah. them, but I think I always just wanted you to be like you don't need to do that and be like you know I think it's like you're beautiful just the way you are which you did kind of say I just can never really remember specifically that it sounded like that I think you were just mm-hmm. like well if you want to do that maybe you should like um, I don't know stop eating packets of crisps and I was like I want to yeah. eat three packets of
1: crisps a day so like from my point of view some, yeah. sometimes you were like not eating mm. and then other times you were just eating loads of crap yeah and then you were unhappy and yeah. it was like and I and it I, was a to start with I was like well if you feel unhappy then how can I support you to eat better and to exercise mm. more and do all they think but that was just feeding into this
0: yeah um okay.
1: idea that if you behaved in a certain way you could get the perfect body rather mm. than and my fear of saying you're beautiful just as you are which of course you were mm. was that you would carry on binge eating mm. and like mm. get into a worse state and then feel even more unhappy so I didn't know at that point how best to support you it felt like it was a lose-lose
0: situation yeah and I though I just remember this one ta- one walk we had though when I think you just listened to a podcast yeah I don't know who that was life-saving that was that was a big change in our relationship oh I feel emotional just <laughs> thinking allowed, about that. you're allowed to feel emotional this is this, a safe space to <laughs> to cry with me I'm not <laughs> crying don't tell anyone else. oh okay <laughs> <laughs> this is meant to be authentic um man yeah <laughs> but it was very life-changing and I remember just everything was actually almost repaired on that day like mm-hmm. I think we'd always had such a good relationship and that was one thing well there was a lot a few things but that was one thing and that kick-started us making changes about all sorts of things like yeah. the way we spoke to each other the way we were aware of how our brains worked and like connected and how each other need approaching in certain ways to not feel stressed but but explain that podcast yeah so I was
1: like um as I said really fumbling around in the dark just feeling like everything that came out of my mouth was wrong and I didn't know how to parent I mean I'm not saying up until that point I'd parented everything correctly but I'd always thought I had a plan <laughs> yeah. you know I would thought I was being correct <laughs> even if I wasn't yeah um but this in this moment in time I did not know what to do and I just there didn't seem to be any answers out there and then I don't know if it was the universe or mm. what what it was but I happened to be driving somewhere and I, li- and I turned on this podcast and it was exactly so one of the listeners had called in and said um, something very similar they mm, were going through, mm. and um, the people on the podcast basically said, um, "It's not your job to, you know, um, fix all of all of your child's problems. It's it's like, it's your job just to meet them where they are, you know, in their difficulties, mm. and to love them exactly as they are." Mm-hmm. And with regarding food, it was like, trust your child to to end up with a sense of balance. Um, allow them to trust their bodies, you know, because if they can't trust their bodies, if you're fearfully looking at what they're eating mm-hmm. or not eating, and um, they don't feel like they can trust themselves. And so it was just mm-hmm. about you know the only thing the message I took from it was the only thing I had to do was just to love you exactly as you were and once I'd heard that and you know um, it was on a podcast so it must be true um, (laughs) it gave me some direction just it just gave me a handle when I was in the dark to just hold on to Mm. um and it felt right and it and
0: it did change things for us Okay, so I'm just editing back now and I wanted to add that I never really had a serious eating disorder. I was not severely underweight or overweight. I did not need to be hospitalised or go into recovery, thankfully. Um, I struggled with some body image awareness and negative self-talk, which I believe a lot of other girls my age struggled with. Um, Sometimes I ate a lot and sometimes I ate nothing. It was very infrequent. And me and my mum are not at all experts on this topic and my mum was just explaining her very specific coping strategy with me and my experience. She was obviously keeping an eye on how I was doing but for my particular situation she felt more inclined to take a step back and let me handle it. Uh, We're not suggesting this is the approach for all food-related problems or disordered eating at all. If you feel like you or somebody you know has a serious problem, then it is really important to talk to someone, maybe even someone professional and qualified in the area. Uh, I was just going to add that. Anyway, back to the podcast. Definitely. It, It definitely changed a whole load of things. It was like a domino effect, I think. Although there wasn't like lots of stuff that was wrong, but like I think like yeah, just honestly loving and the trust, I think that's something that seriously worked like in your parenting style. It's like you always had trust in me. There was never any moment where it was like you can't do that, you can't like it was always like I trust you to do the right thing, sort of, and not even in a backhanded way, like and the amount of, like, self-esteem and, like, the amount of, sort of, care I took with that was, like, really true. And it gives your child the power, doesn't it, to, like... Yeah, I right think it's decisions. empowering. It
1: makes it makes you feel capable. I mm-hmm. mean, that's something I learned from my mum, actually, yeah. is that uh, she always trusted me to ra- make the right decisions. And, I, maybe I didn't always make the yeah, right you decisions. Didn't always. But her trust in me always made me feel like I was capable. Yeah. Um... So yeah, I think that's something good that's been passed down. Yes,
0: for sure, and I think that wasn't super applied to food, and I think when you applied that, that mm. definitely worked. And honestly, I haven't. I didn't go into a whole massive puddle spiral no. of binge eating and stuff. Um, you know, I do struggle with it. I struggle still, like now, forgetting. And it's the other end of the spectrum. I think mm. um, forgetting to eat and stuff not easy enough. But it's still like, it's still kind of, you know, a a, trusted, loving relationship. And I have that way more with food right now, really. I think with you giving permission, in a way, it made me have permission for myself. Like, and I think a lot of Linda Sun Mm. videos, (laughs) which I will add in here, if you are struggling at all please watch Linda Sun. Um, but that really gave me permission and love for myself in regards to eating and stuff. And I think really prevented me from going down a bad route, which I know so many people have done. So I think that was a big thing in our relationship, which involves podcasts. Yes.
1: I think um, at that time, when the pandemic hit a couple of years ago, um at that age that is the age when I finally realized properly about your ADHD brain Mm. like I saw I suddenly saw you in a much clearer light as a a person very different a person with a very different brain to my own Mm. and I think um maybe that's quite late like 15 Mm. 16 to sort of um to finally see the individuality of your daughter. I mean, obviously, I knew we weren't the same person. I knew you were very different. But um, because we have so many similar interests, and um, as a little girl, you were...
0: I masked a lot. Yeah. And was very compliant. And, like, wasn't obviously ADHD, which is a lot of...
1: Yeah, but you also had a lot of qualities I could really relate to, like Mm. your imagination and Mm. things. So I just thought we were similar types of little girls. Like the little girl and me would have been similar. Mm. I I didn't see some of the conflict and struggle that you were having totally Mm. um, until a bit later on. Mm, That's true. And I think when I managed to see that and it became very apparent over the sort of obsessive food thoughts... Mm. um, and the struggle with sleeping and mm. um, and the not wanting to go to school and complete yeah. your GCSEs, I suddenly realised that this was a lot more... Um, your How you were finding school, your struggles were a lot different
0: to my yeah. school sort of experience, mm. and we were different. That's true. That is a good realisation, I guess, to have. Yeah. And I wonder, I think that's um,
1: a good starting point for mothers and daughters is to re- is to look at all the differences yeah like, with a lot of curiosity
0: I think so and compassion I think the best thing like yeah to do is look at like the like you always I think there's a similar for mothers and daughters is to look at the similarities oh it's similar to yeah. me or this or that we like this together you do that to be in rapport yeah of and course feel close and, bond. and you don't almost sometimes you miss the differences or don't want to focus mm. on the differences because you like I think that's a problem maybe with some moms they want to see themselves too much in their daughter but yeah. the differences are the most yeah important thing to understanding even if there's not like loads you can see you can always find some sort of ones it's just making sure you don't think you know the person like you might think you
1: know your children inside out you don't Mm. they have very individual minds and it's almost important to never forget that like to always believe your don't always believe that your starting point is, I don't know. I need to find out how they feel, what they're thinking. That's so don't true. Don't assume all the time that you know them and therefore... I guess that goes with anyone, any relationship. Yeah. You can think you know your husband. Oh, I know what he would eat. I know what he would mm. think. You assume you know what they're thinking or mm. your friend or your work colleague or your daughter or whatever. But actually, we're very individual people mm. and I think that's a dangerous
0: thing to do is to make that assumption you should always be open that's so true I yeah I completely agree with that I think like you said having that curiosity and asking the right questions and trying to work it out and then just having a whole lot of love to give to those differences and just like like love respect but curiosity Mm. you know and I think that I would say those are key elements in life, like receiving criticism or receiving, like, I don't know, difficult things or finding out difficult things. If you just do general things of love and curiosity, I think that almost helps if you have anxiety or worries about, if you just focus Mm. or like you find a lot more out and you're a lot more open to other people other experiences and like it doesn't feel fearful or scary for other people or experiences I think like is the best yeah. um, but I was going to go on to say mm. how you would um, recommend girls my age talk to their mums <laughs> about these things because I... I can imagine, and I know from speaking to a lot of my friends, some friends, some are super tight and connected with their mums, mm. and some are really not, and they some don't want to be, that's just there they want to be not involved with their mum, and that's okay, but I think a lot really don't know a way to approach their mums who may not be a, the same sort of thought process as you through
1: girls or boys yeah girls or boys it's a Mm. tricky one isn't it I think um parent-child relationships are so complex and um it's one of the main sources of learning in our lives and I'm um I still find my own relationship with my own mother who Mm. I am really close to and love one of the hardest relationships you know because it matters so much Mm. and it's it's hard um I think being a daughter and being a parent has been you know one of the uh, biggest learning curves of my life really but how to approach a mum um yeah I think trying to be as honest as possible um, and it does require quite a lot of rapport. Yeah. But, so, so start with rapport. So, um, in terms of building rapport, I would say, like, spending time with your mum doing stuff that's not serious talks. So, mm-hmm. where you can be a bit lighter hearted and have fun together mm-hmm. is spending really time. Is important. And it can be something really small, can't it? Like, oh. um just making breakfast and like a really super nice breakfast together mm. or um, yeah just finding a little moment going on a walk mm. suggesting something don't always leave it to the parent to suggest mm. something um, nice to do together um, but when you're in rapport with your, with your mum um, yeah making the being honest enough that you can make the invisible visible so that means not always agreeing yeah. with your mum and that's really hard because it's so stressful to feel um in conflict with your mum you know you've, yeah like, it's I, the worst feeling in the, the, the world. world it's the worst I can't, feeling yeah. and therefore a lot of us tend to avoid it and, mm. and include myself in that I'll do anything to avoid a conflict with my own mum mm-hmm. and I'm 46 <laughs> <laughs> but I think In all the times I haven't been honest with my own mum, I've just sort of quietly agreed with her while feeling a bit resentful or, Mm. um, you know, worked around her. Um, I think I haven't given our relationship an opportunity to grow. Yeah. And something that I appreciate about our relationship Mm. is that um, you have pulled me up on a few things
0: and
1: I actually appreciate that it's been hard at times yeah. to, to hear all the ways in which I've got stuff wrong <laughs> but it's a gift because if I know the ways in which I've got things wrong, I can own some of that and yeah. if I can own some of that and see it's true, um, that is in service of our relationship yeah. that is that's at the core of our loving relationships so there's a lot of value in that but it but it does take um a lot of like love and compassion on both sides you have Mm. to be you have to have enough money in the bank of that relationship to go there so you have to build up on the rapport side and also um go into discussions with that curiosity we talked about Mm -hmm. like if um so in the past I think there have been times when You've said things to me that I've got wrong. And I and the tendency for any parent is to mm. feel really defensive.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of times where you felt, denied.
1: And... Felt so defensive. Mm. I didn't want it to be true. Um, because if it was true, then I'm not... I didn't feel like a good parent. Mm. So I remember saying... Can I think, think things? Yeah, I think, Can you think of an
0: example? Like, I remember... I don't know what I suggested. I remember we had a walk on Woodbury... And I suggested something, I was like, you always come, I did say this to you, I said, you always come back to me whenever I suggest something and you're like, um, you justify, that's because of this, I did that Mm -hmm. because of that. I did." And I said to you, I think I said a very important sentence, which was, but that doesn't change the way I felt when you did that or said that, like, you said, I, I said, it has to be true, whatever happened has to have hurted me or hurted
1: hurt hurt me yeah or your feelings still got hurt my
0: my I felt something and it wasn't right and I said no matter what no matter if you thought you were doing it for good reasons or bad reasons or something made you do that I still felt that way and I'm just telling you that's the way I felt I think I like explained it like that and I said Mm. it doesn't matter if you defend all the things there's still a problem that it, it still upset me. Yes. And you don't want to upset, like, surely you don't want to, well, we don't want to upset each other. Yeah. So I think I said that, and then you were like, I think you said your mum did that, and that's yeah, so why. Yes. Oh, and that, whole is that the chorus of seagulls? Yes. It
1: is. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I think that's true. I realised in that moment that every time when I had been younger, I had. Um, felt ang- I, I never was quite allowed to feel angry about something um, because if I felt angry um, I would be told all the million and one reasons why I shouldn't be angry and I'd misjudge the situation I wasn't getting it right I wasn't seeing the whole picture mm. how much my mum did for me mm. there were always all these other things and but actually I there were times when my anger was valid mm. and, and so... When you said that, it really touched a deep place of knowing inside of me. Um, And I realized that all the times I was busy building my defense in my head Mm. of of why you were wrong, Mm. um, I wasn't really listening in service of our relationship. I wasn't putting Mm. our mother-daughter relationship in the center of the argument and listening with curiosity to how you feel. Mm. and my defensiveness was actually stopping me from being open Um, and so when I I think when I could really listen there have been lots of times since where I can say actually I got that wrong and I'm sorry Mm. and being able to apologise has been one of the most liberating parts of my parenting actually a lot of parents are scared to
0: do that, aren't
1: they? Yeah, people are scared to say sorry because then it feels like they got it wrong, they're a bad person, they're mm. not good enough, um, that their that they're flaws or will be held against them, mm. weaponized against them. Their child will say, well, you always do this or you're like that. Yeah. But there's so much power in an apology. You feel like you are standing on solid ground. I've never felt so solid as those moments when I could hold my hands up and say oh my god, I got that wrong. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, I can't speak for you, but I felt
0: like there was respect in that moment. Yeah, there like, was so much I had respect. more self-respect, anyway. Yeah, I felt like the energy was just calm instead of defensive. I felt like I could talk to you then. I felt like a lot of respect for you. And almost like it wasn't like I'd ever use that against you. It's almost like I could understand your fears a bit more and the why you were behaving the way you behave mm-hmm. and why what I was saying was so triggering. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the respect that I had for you to come and say that to me and the, like, relief I had that, like, I don't know, that you it had got through to you. And, like, it just made our relationship better. And I think it's hard it is hard to do that but also it allows your child to learn that that's also okay for them to do in their like relation next relationships because mm. it impacts their relationships as like with their partners in the future and if you can't apologize and you're being defensive even to like a romantic partner um or whatever with their children or another anywhere, mm. it's like it, it doesn't it doesn't create, like, strong, understanding relationships. is So it's almost a really, really good thing to show. It's a great investment,
1: I think, in a relationship. Yeah. I I think the the one last thing I'd say about um, being in a relationship with your your mum is to try and get to know, as much as as you would like them to get to know you and be open and curious... Mm try and get to know the part of your parent and it's not all of them but the part inside of them that is doing the thing they're doing you know so yeah. they might be critical or they might be tired or they might be angry but it usually c- comes down to them being in some way fearful it comes down to them mm-hmm. a part of them trying to love you as best as they can or feeling shameful they're getting it wrong mm. or being fearful that you're not ready for something or pr- mm. trying to protect you there's, like, there's usually a reason why they're behaving the way they're behaving as a parent and it's not the whole person it's just a part of them mm. um, and if you can be open and curious about that part of them um, maybe bring it to their awareness as well, that could be a good way and
0: in which to learn about each other. It's all about inquiring more yeah. about things. You're like, my mom was angry and blah, blah blah. She said this to this this to me, and then you gotta think like, well, why? Why does she feel that way? Maybe ask what's happened. <laughs> Okay, this is Louise Fern. Thank you for joining us on my podcast, being the first ever guest on the Dawning Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. As you guys can see, probably why. It's a great source of knowledge. Um, And I hope you enjoyed our chat and have gone away with some helpful things and maybe you just thought, That was interesting. That'd be great. Um, Maybe
1: listen to it with your mum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have a chat about the things that were said.
0: That's such a good idea. Bring your mum. Listen to this. um, And I hope you have a nice rest of your day or whatever you're doing. I'm going to say goodbye from the Darling Podcast team. Bye. (laughs) Bye.